This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Tom Rogers. Thank you so much for joining us this evening for one of our Twitter spaces. We have these every evening uh, from Monday to Thursday, 7.30 to 9pm, and then also on weekends at 11am. And tonight is a really special and interesting discussion uh, that we've got for you. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Centering around the situation in Afghanistan when it comes to education, uh, particularly for girls and young women. Um, and I've got an incredible guest, which is Crystal Bayat, who is joining us to discuss her story, her, I guess the way I came across Crystal was last year through a video with the New York Times that showcased her her incredible act of bravery in protesting in Afghanistan um, against the Taliban against Taliban rule in Afghanistan Um, and hopefully in the space tonight we're just going to explore her story we're going to talk a little bit about education in Afghanistan then and now a little bit about what uh, Crystal wants to do and plans to do uh, with regards to that and I'm sure it's going to be a really inspiring discussion Uh, Crystal can you hear me okay you just need to click the unmute in the bottom left hopefully uh, hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to speak here and share my story and Afghan story and the situation, the crisis in Afghanistan. Thank you so much. No, I think the, I think the thanks is from me and us for, for giving up a bit of your time to actually do this. Um, and I know that uh, when we produce it as a podcast, you'll be able to listen back to this on Spotify and, and Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play, all the usual places um, in a few days' time. But in the meantime, we'll, we'll probably have live listeners too. And one of the biggest things that I wanted to talk to you about was, I mean, I think a good place to start would be actually what happened last year. Um, and, and then maybe we can move on to uh, your story. So growing up towards present day, the stories of, of uh, uh, the situation in Afghanistan for women and girls, uh, and maybe the future in terms of what it looks like and, and how we can help people how you are continuing to help people so maybe i could start from the beginning in terms of your story crystal i don't know whether you can tell our listeners just starting from the very beginning um in terms of your life so far uh thank you so much uh, tom uh, I think uh, by telling my life story, you might understand and the audience might understand the story and the difficulties that Afghan girls and women passed uh, through uh, f- for decades of war and become the person uh, who they are right now. And uh, to be honest and very, very frankly, th- these achievements that the, these women w- w- built uh, over this uh, for decades of war, it wasn't easy. It was at the cost of their lives. Um, uh, maybe uh, 
it's it's boring or maybe it's interesting, but I just want to share how I raised up and how I got educated through uh, those uh, difficulties and challenges that we had in our society, uh, even though uh, getting education in Afghanistan, uh, especially in a, in a uh, in remote areas and mainly in Kabul after the fall of uh, the Taliban for the first time. Uh, it wasn't easy for, for the girls to get education. Uh, I mean, challenges from their families, from their community. Uh, so we fought uh, for these um, taboos, uh, to break these taboos and let the girls to uh, to learn. Um, I am the fourth girl of my family. And my mom, uh, my mom tells me always that on the occasion of my birth, our house was grieved with the grief because I was a daughter. I was a girl. Oh, this goodness. is not uh, this is not normal. Uh, I mean, in Af uh, in outside of Afghanistan, but it's uh, it's uh, because Afghanistan is a male dominant uh, society and uh, yeah. country, and uh, it's very difficult. For, it was very difficult and very disappointed for my paternal families uh, that uh, they uh, they had their um, fourth uh, daughter. Uh, but somehow, uh, what I learned from my mom, like uh, at this particular time, like I see uh, like Malala, Greta and so many other girls of my generation that I have always known and uh, that I have to stand for, for uh, and fight for my beliefs, no matter how overwhelming the scale or gravity of, uh, of the threats. As a girl, we must willing uh, pay the price for the change we seek. And also... The truth is that none of us can succeed uh, on our own or alone. I wouldn't have uh, taken money or even the first step uh, uh, on my path, uh, the struggle against the Taliban, uh, without my mother's example and encouragement. Uh, so what all I learned is uh, from my mom. Uh, during my school, I... I I had a lot of uh, challenges uh, from my paternal families, but I never give up. And I, for every single things, uh, I had to, um, I mean, secure permission from my paternal family because we used to uh, live together. Uh, but uh, when when I was um, at 10th grade and I had to um, uh, start preparing for uh, Concord examination, which is a, a, is a, a an exam for the university in order to continue free education in governmental uh, universities. At that time, I realized that if if you believe in something enough, you don't always wait or ask uh, a higher power for permission. You make it happen or pay the price the, uh, of your decision and action. So I just uh, stopped hearing and uh, seeking um, the permission from my paternal family. I took the uh, I do, I took the uh, exam and I got fifth ranking among the 300,000 uh, students all around the Afghanistan. So what and age I, what age was this? Chris? What what year was this in? Just to uh, give us an so idea of the timeline. Okay, it, I I th uh, I was uh, 16 years old when I uh, when I graduated uh, high school. So I took um, year achievement test for my school I, I didn't study the first class and I didn't study ninth grade so uh, I had achievement test and then I passed and I graduated school in a very early age uh, but then I was 17 I mean, what's years the normal, old 
what's the normal age that, that... uh it's 18 years so uh i think so you were two years you're around two years early yes in graduating yeah. and where did you go to school where was the school Th uh, thank you. I went to Rabibel He, one of the top uh, uh, f uh, film schools in, in Afghanistan. And um, so after that, I uh, after taking this exam, I passed um, in the University of Kabul in uh, political science. Uh, I had a vision of bringing constitutional and institutional and cultural change to patriarchal and agrarian society because girls in Afghanistan are not just as a second citizen and the men never believe in the uh, in the power of the women that they have or in, uh, the competence. Uh, I mean, they always underestimate the power of women uh, in Afghanistan. But then... Um, so uh, through, uh, I thought like through this um, uh, this uh, course, I might be able to bring some constitutional change and institutional changes in uh, in our society. Yeah. Uh, but then, um, unfortunately, um, uh, the violence. Uh, the violence that haunted me at home was also manifested at the university, albeit in, in, in a new form, uh, like a professor would subject family student to what feel like a daily stream of sexual advances. Uh, with, I remember like w with one of our um, religious uh, morals, uh, I mean, a professor of uh, religious morals, uh he uh he was uh he was asking uh, the girls uh, for i mean in order to um, give the grades and passing his classes uh, for sexual extortion yeah uh, such abuses of power and evidence even the university were part of the extensive corruption of i mean financial moral and sex uh, sexual uh, that set the stage for the collapse of faith in the government yeah and um what about you mentioned violence at home? I mean, what's uh, what did you mean by that? You uh, mean uh, because uh, first of all, when uh, when a girl in Afghanistan want to continue or uh, her uh, to build an uh, educational career, she um, I mean, out of hundred percent, we can say ninety five persons are struggling with the family violences. I mean, their parents are against the education in Afghanistan. But what made this last 20, uh, 20 years uh, achievement that we are talking about is that we changed uh, the mindset of the male in Afghanistan, the men in Afghanistan, to, uh, to not, to just believe in girls. I will, uh, I will, uh, uh, I will share my story, and you can see that how I changed yeah. my dad, how I changed my uncle, that they never uh, believed in uh, in girl, and specifically for for education. So, um, and then I, um, I unfortunately, because of these uh, threats uh, and uh, sexual abuses that was uh, risen in university, I had to, uh, because I never gave up into these illegitimate demands, I left the university and being object of sexual harassment was not, Im was impossible for me to tolerate. So, yeah. uh, I didn't give up. Uh, um, to be honest, and I just wanted to continue my education. And then my mom encouraged me because my mother is a doctor. She's an yeah. um, OBGYN. So she always uh, be, uh, she, uh, she has always been a, a champion of education for her kids because 
the way she sacrificed his life and stole it for her kids to get education, uh, I think that um, there are a few mothers that they do this sacrifice for their kids. Yeah. And so she was. Uh, she encouraged me. Actually, at that time, we had a lot of opportunity for for um, scholarship from different countries. But then, um, luckily, I uh, she encouraged me to take a, an achievement test for this scholarship at the University of Delhi. And then, luckily, I passed. And I. Uh, so and somehow my mom uh, promised me to secure permission for from my dad to study abroad, which was not normal. Yeah. But again, <laughs> it was my mom to to get this permission. Uh, so after I left uh, to India. Uh, because of my mom loves and the trust shrimp in my soul so she put uh, you have to the all always she used to tell me that you have to break all these taboos and bring change to the life of women in this land being uh, so i had this uh, uh, this says always in my head and I wanted to just work for women in Afghanistan and because I experienced this bitter uh, days uh, because to uh, to be a girl and get edu uh, education in Af in Afghanistan, um, but uh, be, uh, in in India being a foreign student as an Afghan woman in Delhi was very difficult time for me. Uh, but uh, I did not lack motivation. I study uh, again <laughs> political science uh, sometimes because my uh, my favorite major was uh, civil engineering. So my mom always yeah. because of the I mentioned that what to if I wanted to bring some uh, constitutional changes in in, in a society. So I had to go in a, and um, study this course. Um, but yeah, I studied political science in, at the uh, University of Delhi. And uh, as my understanding, the world and inter, um, and also um, I study one year um, international relation, United Nations diploma in the uh, in, uh, UN Institute at yes. Delhi. Yes. And uh, also um, after graduating from uh, 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 after graduating uh, from a school, I started a small business and I earned some money to buy my <laughs> own car in Kabul, which is not, uh, in, wow. I mean, in Kabul, it's very difficult for a girl. It's very challenging for a girl to drive Yeah, because uh, I don't know how much outsider the the people know about the uh, the. Uh, the tradition inside of Afghanistan, but it's unusual for the women to drive. But yeah. then uh, I was like, if I if I want to see these changes, then why I shouldn't be the person to practice it, to yes. act like that? So, so was this was like, this after you was this after you came back from India? So you went oh, to study uh, in India and then yes, you went back because, to Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, when I graduated school, and then I uh, I actually got an offer from one of uh, universities uh, in UK uh, for pursuing my master degree, but then I chose to return to Afghanistan and come and work back for uh, for the um, uh, 
for women inside of Afghanistan, uh, because I don't think that a piece of paper can change. I I always believe in the power of education, but sometimes uh, what we learn, we have to practice it. We have to. Ex I mean, um, if uh, for me, when I was in India and it was an eye-opening time to see the women, because I traveled in, uh, during my stay in India, I traveled several countries and saw that the women as free and they don't have the fear of losing their life by going to university, by going to school. Well, yeah. we had this uh, this fear every single day in, Af in Afghanistan, like starting from our family up to this society because Afghanistan wasn't much secure uh, over last uh, 20 or four decades actually yeah I mean after a 98 day when my mom graduated from university she, uh, women and Afghanistan lost freedom and security up to now and uh, we're struggling with having peace and uh, secure bringing security in Afghanistan yes so, so what age when I, what age what age were you when you came back to Afghanistan after uh, India? Okay, 22. 22, so, and you're 25 uh, yeah. now? 26? Yeah, I'm 25. Uh, tw I, actually, I turned to 26 this oh, year. Oh, congrats. congrats. <laughs> Thank okay, you. So, yes. so you. So this was like four years ago, maybe, when you came back to Afghanistan after India. You got the car you uh, you you said you sold this little business to pay for the car you started driving and then what yes. was the plan what was the plan then were you were you going to get a job were you gonna what were you gonna do in afghanistan uh, well uh, i didn't have uh, i thought like i could uh, bring more changes uh, in in the life of afghan women um uh, in um through the, some um non-governmental uh, non uh, organization and institution. Uh, so I established a political think tank called Justice and Equality. And through this, uh, we were promoting the uh, awareness for the women's rights and uh, their freedoms uh, um, in, in a very remote areas of Afghanistan. So, um, I mean, at that time, it was very hard for me because I was quite new after uh, student life. I, I came to a social life <laughs> and I chose. Uh, so writing and social media, it became an instrument for me to bring the change for my generation and future generation. Uh, at that time, I became uh, active in many fields on the multiply campaign and wrote about the women's right, minorities' right, and peace process, um, foreign policy, corruption, gender equality, I mean, civil society, and peace process. Um, so there were um, lots and this of was, things. And this was uh, in um, a period, this was in the period kind of probably 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 20, I mean, it's, it was from... Uh, 2019 up to um, 2021. Yeah. Uh, until the, so it was during yeah. the period of this was during the period where NATO still had control of large yeah. parts of Afghanistan. So, yes. so, so during this period of time when you were doing this, did you feel safe it, between 2019 uh, and 2021? It wasn't safe because I lost so many friends of mine and. Um, from uh but it's still so uh on 2020 uh they they put a bomb in my car but luckily we we found the bomb and uh, 
uh, I don't know what uh, how God saved my life and for the what purpose I don't know this exactly but he saved his uh, my life and I left Afghanistan three months um, and I uh, uh, and I I lived uh, for three months in Dubai, uh, Abu Dhabi, and uh, then uh, it was, it, I couldn't convince myself to be out of Afghanistan and uh, don't do anything uh, and stop working yeah. for Afghan women, uh, I mean, for our freedom, for our country. Yeah. Uh, so I had to go back uh, in Afghanistan and I went back to Afghanistan and uh, um, so still, I was very active in the peace process, uh, and I believe at that time, even uh, Lojirga, exactly in, uh, August 9, uh, 2020, uh, in Afghanistan, which um, I uh, I was targeted a month after the Lojirga. It's, it's a kind of traditional um, a gathering um, all around uh, from uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So how were you, targ- um, how were you targeted at, at that time? Was that was that the bomb incident? Or yeah, the one? bomb in my car. Yeah, when I just uh, came out of the uh, um, um, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I went for a meeting, and then on the way near to gas station, there was a little boy who was screaming and shouting like. Uh, it was near to the, tar- the left side of my car, and I don't know how I parked the car and ran away. But then um, the unit from neutralizing, and they came and uh, they neutralized the bomb. Wow. Uh, but yeah, then after that, again from the uh, uh, leaving um, three months um, out of Afghanistan, I decided to come back Afghanistan. And work um, and, and and resumed my work. Uh, so I had this um, Crystal Charity Foundation, and I was helping orphans also. Yes. Uh, and single mothers in Afghanistan, but our mainly focus was on the remote areas of Afghanistan, where the women didn't have awareness about what their rights are. And how they should use their rights, and you know, spe- specifically on education. Yes. What, what, uh, when you say when you say use their rights and specifically education, what do you mean by that? I mean, what are the issues because, for uh, women? It's very obvious for everyone right now. They see the girls uh, that are standing on the front line, and and their weapon, their voice, or their weapons, and standing against the Taliban and this is how the education changed this generation I mean what um, if you educate a, a man then it would just for him but if you educate a woman it would be for the whole society because she can raise up her kids in a in a uh, as a as an educated person but uh I don't. I don't want to mean like um, for uneducated moms. There are some mom. Mom overall, they mothers are very kind uh, and they want their yeah. kids to be educated. But yeah. somehow there is a huge difference between uh, illiterate mom and educated mom and uneducated mom. So uh, I mean that's why we want because these moms were not uh, supporting their girls to go to um, uh, go to school, yeah. and that's how. We wanted to t- let them know that how education play uh, a significant role in their lives if they get, go to school. I mean, when when presumably when you went to school, so up to the age of sixteen, um, was during 
NATO involvement in Afghanistan. So presumably before that, before 2001, before 2002 kind of time, very few girls were going to school or were they going to school? But they just Uh, were under um, threat. I mean, what was it like before then? Uh, so, um, if I speak about um, the history of Afghanistan and the culture and the women, the women's achievements uh, over hundreds of years in Afghanistan, it's, uh, um, I mean, uh, we women were equal, it had equally right uh, as men had before uh, 1980 in Afghanistan. But then, when this Mujahideen and the Taliban came and they destroyed the culture, the history, and everything in society and imprisoned the women inside of home, uh, which uh, I mean, during the Taliban, when uh, 1997 is the exact year when I was born. Yes. When the Taliban came in Afghanistan up to 2001, when the United uh, they collapsed and the United States came. Yeah. So at that time, no women were allowed to go to school, no university, yes. everything, everything was shut on the face of the women in Afghanistan. But after that, um, uh, I mean, when the United States came, obviously war always have uh, its impact on the society, on the mindset of the people, that how they think specifically in the countries, I mean, uh, third countries are quite different um, in any terms uh, rather yeah. than the first countries. Uh, so it took a, almost like 10 years for women uh, to yes. change the yes. men in Afghanistan. Like to, uh, if we compare 2014 uh, to 2001, there was a huge difference between the men in Afghanistan uh, uh, inside of Afghanistan, that how they t- uh, they were thinking about the girls in 2001, and how they changed. And um, to be honest, in 2021, I I am pretty sure to say this that the women, the the men, uh, were I um, were. I mean, eighty percent v- uh, men were supporting uh, women to uh, to get. Um, to go to school, to get a job and build their uh, professional yeah. career. So this is a big changes. I mean, people always think that what Afghan people did over investment, uh, I mean, over 20 years when the Western countries invested like billions, billions of dollars in Afghanistan. So I'm sorry to say this, but for other countries like United States and many European countries, it took almost hundreds years, uh, hundred years for the women to get the right to vote. But f- within 20 years inside of Afghanistan, uh, in Afghanistan, the women got their rights to vote. Um, they got their, to, uh, to, uh, to equally participate in uh, political affairs and economic affairs. Um, so uh, it was, uh, I mean, uh, women were quite... Uh, in the uh, were in the stage of uh, gaining um, their their fully uh, freedom, but uh, uh, I don't know when the U.S. Uh, pull out uh, from Afghanistan, the NATO uh, pull out, uh, they destroyed everything what we built at the cost of our life and at the blood of our armies. So let's zoom forward to that time now, which is I guess last year. Um, and this is the video that I saw of yourself, I think, in Kabul, where it said that you'd organized or, or been involved in a protest. Um, do you want to talk us through that protest and how that came about and 
what your involvement in it was. Um, and obviously the New York Times picked it up and it, it became, you know, a video that was shared quite a lot on social media and so on. And um, and following that, I know the BBC recognised you and, and lots of other things. So what's can you talk us through that last year when when the the situation in Afghanistan changed? Yes, uh, on August uh, 15, uh, the ta- when the Taliban entered Kabul, all Afghanistan and indeed much of the world was plunged into shock uh, after subjecting Afghanistan to war and bloodshed, um, uh, murder and um, miseries for 20 years. A terrorist group that had inflicted untold damage uh, on the country was assuming to rinse the uh, of power, so which was quite... Um, uh, untolerable for every Afghan inside of Afghanistan. Uh, so, and uh, uh, the Afghan people were once again become the witnessing of the face of deed um, to their eyes. Uh, I mean, uh, bef- uh, every Afghan, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to talk uh, only about women because when, when the Taliban entered uh, inside of Afghanistan, not only women, but uh, men were also mm, experiencing deed in front of their eyes. Yes. So from uh, I organized two protests. Uh, the first protest was on 17 uh, August uh, 17, and the second one was uh, on um, August 19, which became very viral. Um, yeah. How, how did media. you organize? How did you organize it? I mean, did you just post on Facebook or something? I mean, how did you do it? Uh, it was very difficult. So the time when the Taliban entered uh, to the, into the city, they start um, uh, removing uh, uh, female posters from the city center. And I was like, uh, so I didn't have experience from the Taliban, what they look like and also how the life would it be under the Taliban regime. Yeah. All I know, like the bitter story of my mom, because when I was four when the Taliban left Afghanistan, yes. and yes. I don't remember much uh, from that time. Uh, just the war when the US came inside of Afghanistan uh, and, and the NATO yeah. came inside of Afghanistan. So I just remember those moments a little bit. But then w- what I had the knowledge was from the book that I read uh, and uh, from the movies that I watched and the stories of my mom. Uh, so I saw that they are targeting women, and also the women, the men were also not safe at that time, and the, the no one could dare to come out of their home. Uh, um, I mean, for two days, and then it was uh, so. I waited for two days, and it was August um, seventeen, and I asked my friends uh, through uh, through you know, so, social media and. Uh, no one could dare to be honest like they were just saying crystal you're playing with your life stop these things the taliban are not the people to talk with them and i was like we already lost everything and we don't have anything to lose anymore so we should stand for our rights they are coming and taking our freedom and the rights that and the achievements that we built over 20 years um, so 
it was very hard and difficult time for me to gather and bring girls together. Uh, but then um, uh, some girls, um, they are so brave uh, and they came and uh, accompanied me. And uh, for the first time when I saw the Taliban um, soldier and I thought like maybe the soldiers are different uh, uh, from their leaders. So yeah. the girls were so scared and they took my name. I know my name is English and it's very, <laughs> um, yeah. it was very awkward for them to hear that Crystal is an Afghan name. And they asked me to come and tell them that why I'm organizing the protest. And I was like, so when I see you guys that you're targeting and removing women, which we uh, we um, counter ourselves as a part of the society, as half of half of the society. So they they were just telling me the the only sentence that they I used to hear a lot from the Taliban was like, you guys have only 20 days. Uh, so I was like, what do you mean for 20 days? Because this is our country and we want to be part of the whatever the government uh, will be. So we we want to take part. And they were like, uh, because in 20 days, the international community is watching that how the Taliban are functioning. And then once we get our uh, re uh, recognition and legitimacy, uh, so we won't uh, care about the women's rights and uh, their freedoms. And I was like, OK, so that that day was very um, uh, heartbreaking day for me. And uh, I couldn't stop myself. Even they um, put the gun on my forehead um, to, to just um, send me back to home. But then um, at that day, I didn't have any other option. And I was like, uh, okay, I, uh, and I accept that I came back home. And for the next day, when I saw that they installed their flag and, and took our flag and yeah. threw it away, I mean... To be honest, it's very difficult for those people who lost their identity and flag in their country. Yeah. Sorry for getting emotional. No, so it okay. was it was not it was not very it wasn't easy for me to tolerate when I see because under those flag we lost a lot of our friends our yeah. armies and we never we never ever forget those uh, forgive their bloods that they the freedom that they secured us for 20 years and under that white flag uh, uh, so they wanted to use violence against us and I it, it's never uh, acceptable for any Afghan to use that flag uh, so I just told my friend, uh, uh, he was in Germany, and I said, like, if you know girls in Afghanistan, just tell them to come. Uh, I'm going to a city center at, um, to celebrate Independence Day. So this was, went, was this the following day after the first, or was this like two days after uh, the first project? It was two, no, it was two days later, because on 18, my mom, I know that this decision that uh, I made hurt my mom a lot, because... Uh, it was it was a huge risk to go outside and talk with the Taliban and especially protest or they are uh, they are against civilization. So, and that's why my mom was very worried about me. Uh, yeah. But then um, I got the support of my mom, and um, uh, so she actually came along with me to support me in the protest. And wow. uh, uh, we uh, luckily gathered like seven women and 
300 men or 400 men wow. in this protest. And that that became very viral. And after that, I, I got to know that how, I realized that how much we had rallied a spread of resistance and um, and how it uh, it affects uh, the Taliban. And so after that, the Taliban start tweeting about me that this girl is oh, paid God. by the Western countries and she has to be, um, yeah, they were just searching, uh, their soldiers were searching uh, for me because I received a lot of message on Twitter too. So I was, I never wanted to leave my country because if people, th- uh, some people think that, uh, these girls were, bec- um, I mean, standing or uh, um, and going on the street because they wanted to have a Western life. I, I-, I want an Afghan life, and I want have a, a-, a freedom. I-, I want to. I wanted to have my rights I- inside of Afghanistan. Yeah. So, and when the Taliban um, were targeting my brother that time, because. Um, I mean, after five uh, daughter, my mom <laughs> got a, a son, so I don't want it to lose my brother. And then I had to decide. So, and there wasn't any protection in Afghanistan. No one was protecting us. Yeah. So I, uh, in order to keep the voice, I had to come out of Afghanistan. And to be honest, the day that uh, when the the way that the United States pulled out from Afghanistan. It wasn't an appropriate way. They could have done in a very, uh, in a in a in a very appropriate way. So uh, uh, I saw that how the people were uh, running into airport to just save their life and leaving all their homes and and, and everything, their loved one. So uh, when I when, uh, when I received call that I have to leave because the Taliban will target me as. Uh, very soon and and I was in the airport um, uh, I was in the airport when I heard that the Taliban went to my house so mm, oh, and, uh, yes it was very hard time so they um, they, uh, they went to my home and they, uh, there wasn't anyone I sent my parents to another um, to another location. Uh, location yes to another location but uh, that's how we end up with that. And that really, this two, first two uh, protests, I mean, uh, what i proud right now is that it paved the way for women in Afghanistan. The women that right now you see uh, that they are going on the street and asking their rights and freedoms from the Taliban. Uh, so th- it gives a lot of courage to those women because the first uh, four days, no women could could dare to come out of their home, and that's how we we believe in the in the uh, in, uh, in I mean, for me, uh, I believe that protest is a, a kind of uh, it was a big a huge change um, for, for in the life of Afghan women at at that particular time. Uh, so, yeah. Then I came. Sorry, I talk a lot. No, no. <laughs> I had to good. leave Afghanistan. Yeah. So then you went to the Which, U.S. Was it or, or somewhere else? Where did you go? Uh, when you left? Uh, yes, uh, I came. Uh, I went to Qatar and I spent some few days in Qatar. Uh, and then after that, uh, I came to U.S. directly to Utah. And yeah. I'm uh, right now. I'm living in Utah. Um, 
And what's that? I mean, what's that like living in Utah after living in in Carver? Was that a bit of a change? Uh, to be honest, uh, the reason that I choose to live in Utah is I can't. I mean, Utah is quite similar to Kabul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's in a, some uh, natural appearance, it's resembles yes. Kabul. Yes. So specifically, Salt Lake City, where I live, and but somehow, uh, you know that home is home, and I can't forget about Afghanistan. I still continue my advocacy about Afghanistan yes. for. Um, to, in order to get our country free from the hands of the terrorists, and yes, uh, and how, I'm just so that was I'm just safe. I'm not. I don't have peace here, to be honest. Uh, physically, I live here, but my soul is still in Afghanistan, and yes. I and I want to support Afghan in any way that I can do. So, how are you? So that I suppose that's my my next question is. You've obviously got your foundation. You, you you're doing work now. You've got trustees in that foundation in the, in the US. What 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 do you want to happen now? What what are the things that you you want to see for girls, particularly in Afghanistan? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, so um, if we want to see uh, the changes in the world or even in Afghanistan, we are the only one to pay the price for this and we should not give up. I mean, I know it's very hard. Uh, it would be at the cost of our life, but uh, I don't want them to give up. I support I su uh, support them, uh, I mean, in any way that I can. My foundation right now is helping the women uh, to continue their advocacy, providing some um, uh, financial uh, resources uh, in order to continue their advocacy. And also recently, um, you know, we established a library in Afghanistan that through that library, the women, um, there's a, the, um, uh, women who are not, uh, who, uh, who cannot buy a book or the girls cannot afford to buy the book so they can um, uh, get uh, through that library for free. And also, yes. um, I'm w working with the Khan Academy uh, for yes. an online um, uh, educational platform for the girls. I don't want that the, they should suffer and uh, that their time, their precious time should waste uh, because of the Taliban. So I, in any means that's possible, I'm trying my best to help them and they should uh, continue their life. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. And, and on the website, you've okay. got various examples of the women in Afghanistan. Um, yes. So if, if, if you want to see that, it's crystalbayat.org. And on that website, you've got, um, you'll have to correct my pronunciations here, Crystal, because <laughs> they'll be terrible. But Saleha, is it? Um, and it says uh, it's, uh, how do you pronounce that? Uh, uh, sorry? Uh, Saleha, you... she's, in a, she's in a wheelchair. It says Saleha is a defender on the basketball oh. court, but that's not her only area of expertise. She's also on her way to becoming a lawyer. Uh, she recently started a last semester of the law course at Harat University, and there's a yeah. picture. Yeah, there. there are several. Uh, there are several uh, example of this kind of women in Afghanistan, and also, um, I mean, some of them are outside of Afghanistan right now. So yeah. Uh, yeah. imagine that these women at 
uh, now uh, they are uh, disabled. It's because of the war, but yes. still they didn't give up uh, on their rights, on their freedoms, and they still continue, you know, to prove uh, they don't need actually i'm against proving uh, women's power to the people to the spe specifically for the men in my society so mm -hmm. they just uh, and they're continuing their um uh, they're, uh, they're continuing this struggle and i believe in them that these women uh, i mean we had um, people are saying that um th i mean such women like fariha or leila suraya we have a lot of women in Afghanistan that they were part of the army to work shoulder to shoulder with the NATO uh, armies inside of Afghanistan. And yes. that's how the, the 20 years changes we brought in Afghanistan. And that's I think that's enough because people, the women right now that they are not giving up on their rights and freedom. That's the changes that the Western countries brought in Afghanistan. And the Western countries always, I mean, NATO allies always should be proud of the liberty that they brought for the people of Afghanistan. With regards to these, because I'm just on the website now that it links to with the kind of um, uh, the wheelchair basketballers, uh, they call them in the article. So there's uh, lots of pictures on there, really, really inspirational stuff. And also on the website, there's uh, you've got pilots, you've got um, members of the F Afghan football team, women's football team, um, Afghan uh, female coders create the first video game um, in Herat. I mean, are you in touch with any girls or women in Afghanistan now who, who are there? I mean, what's, what, what's the situation like for them now, the ones that are there now? So... Uh... Truth be told, right now under the Taliban, it's uh, it's reasonable to say that Afghans' lives in general, and women notably, have uh, regressed to the dark ages, and uh, having lost uh, lost um, the achievements of the past twenty years in terms of rights, economy, and cultural development, and women who were employed in many sectors of the society throughout Afghanistan, they can uh, no longer go out of their homes. And I'm in contact with uh, 250 activists all over Afghanistan in different provinces. And they have the same stories um, and saying like the Taliban don't allow us to go out of our home. So imagine that women are like a bird inside of the cave. Yeah. The life for women right now in Afghanistan is a bird inside of the cave. They cannot, they cannot um, uh, function uh, and they cannot have the liberty and the freedom that they had over uh, in the presence of NATO and uh, United States in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, problems right now in Afghanistan if we just focus on a security situation uh, that has been, um, I mean, when the Taliban came, everyone was thinking that security would, uh, I mean, peace and security would come in Afghanistan. But right now we see that the situation has been deteriorating day by day uh, with the emerging anti-Taliban forces uh, and um, increasing ICE uh, activity and making the country Unhabitable, and since uh, my organization and also you guys can go to the um, website Afghan Peace Watch, and you can see uh, you can see that uh, uh, the, uh, we uh, documented one thousand uh, three hundred ninety-seven incidents um, yeah. in terms of security, political violence, uh, and um, 
from the Taliban uh, since they took over in Afghanistan. And there is a page uh, on a, um, on a Twitter called Afghan Peace Watch. You can follow uh, follow that. Yeah page and uh, can get update about the violation of human rights and the women's rights and the situation from Afghanistan. And also coming on the women, so these women who are still in Afghanistan, I mean, uh, overall, the women uh, who were active in Af- uh, in the last 20 years and they were part of the government, right now they, uh, they are not secure. And we can see on the media, uh, now the Taliban uh, shut um shut down the uh, internet in Afghanistan and they block internet um, last two days uh, because of the increase um, increasing of uh, violence inside of Afghanistan and um, uh, they don't uh, and I mean, um, there are uh, there are several things. If we just uh, it, it will it might be out of our conversation, but it's very important for the people to know that why we're concerned about to stand against the Taliban because we believe that the Taliban is not only against we people inside of Afghanistan, but it's they are against the freedom and the liberty that every citizen has are all around the world. And it, I think it's a kind of obligation and for every each citizen all around the world that they should know that the Taliban has this global jihad ideas and they want to so when uh, while the international community has uh, seemingly abandoned Afghanistan, we see that the violence and extremism and rise, uh, are uh, rising every day. So they want uh, they are indoctrinating and brainwashing, training the the orphans uh, inside of Afghanistan, sending them to the ma- um, Pakistan madrasas in Pakistan in in order to inv- and inventing these children as a suicide bomber for the future. So if we if we just think about Afghanistan Afghanistan wasn't a secure country in the in last four decades but thinking rising uh, I say, um, uh, uh, I inside of Afghanistan I mean Daesh inside of Afghanistan is is uh, I mean it's a very big threat to the world security and the peace um, I mean world peace. Yeah, we we have an experience, so that's why I know men are also resisting in different way. I mean, it's not only activists that they are resisting against the Taliban. We have uh, four or five uh, uh, national resistance group that they are fighting against Taliban to kick them, um, hopefully as soon as possible, out of Afghanistan. But the thing which we are concerned and who whoever is um, uh, listening to me right now is not about me or my people or Afghan inside of Afghanistan. It's about your future and your uh, your um, your uh, future generation. So. It's it's very important to pay attention about the Taliban because, as they claimed, we recently see. Uh, I mean, uh, it was on the news uh, that the um, U.S. killed um, um, Al Qaeda a leader inside of yeah. Afghanistan. So, how we can believe this them that they are not um, still? Uh, I mean, connect, connected with uh, with the uh, with these uh, ter- big terrorist organization. I mean, um, Islamic State never want uh, a democrat or uh, a free uh, or a peaceful world. And we, if these dictators can come together um, and um, 
uh, like, I mean, I see these days Russia, China, Iran, uh, they come to Pakistan, they came together to support Taliban. Why we Democrats and uh, democratic countries cannot come together and give hand together and stand against these dictators? We shouldn't, we shouldn't be irresponsible about this issue. I mean, I know that there is a war in Ukraine, but we shouldn't forget about the Afghanistan issue. We, we had an experience from 2001 when the, um, when the world forget about Afghanistan that they handed to the Taliban. And when the, um, for the five years, the Taliban, uh, uh, I mean, I can't say that Afghans were part because I consider the Taliban are a Pakistani puppets. And they are always come, they are an outsider project inside of Afghanistan because I believe in my people that they will, they never support um, Taliban. If uh, uh, if some few, because they to, uh, they have been uh, trained and um, in, in 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 Pakistan's madrasa, so that's why they came back in Afghanistan and they wanted to, you know, expand these narratives of Islam inside of Afghanistan or indoctrinating people in a different way. Uh, but uh, we should be, uh, I mean, my message for everyone who is hearing my voice, uh, let's not forget about our Afghan brothers and sisters. Um, uh, we should be the voice in any place we are. Um, give them a voice and uh, support them for what they are standing. It matters to you and it matters to the world. Crystal, you, you really are inspirational in terms of your story in terms of your your message for for women for girls your passion to do what you believe is best for your country and to to stand up for other people i just think it's phenomenally inspirational i don't use that word lightly um because there's a lot of great people around but you you really are absolutely incredible really in terms of what you've what you've what you're doing what you're managing to achieve i think we've got uh don't know how to pronounce his his name tower we'll see what tower wants to say uh if he's always oh, dropped i think he's gone we did have tower but he's gone um by the way everyone just so you know you're listening to teachers talk radio this is um a a a channel for teachers and educators around the world um and uh Obviously, it's very global today because we've got uh, Crystal Bayat. We have lots and lots of guests from, from all around the world talking education. Obviously, Crystal particularly is talking about women and girls and, and her story of education in Afghanistan and, and how she's now ended up in the US and, and the situation there. But we, 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 we have lots of guests who, who talk about their experiences in their countries. I think it's been deeply inspirational. I know you need to go, Crystal, so I don't want to hold you up too much longer because i think i think you need to go in about three minutes if, if i'm correct um so it's fine thank you I, I could talk to you i could talk to you all evening you're absolutely incredible um and uh, i've really really enjoyed listening to you um and and maybe at this point if you do need to go you can go and i'll invite other people in who maybe want to engage in, in, in a conversation over what you've said. So I'm going to wish you the very best, Crystal. I'm going to thank you again for giving up your time uh, to come here and speak. I know Lucy's the admin today. Lucy, do you want to say anything? Mate, I know you've listened to the whole thing as well with me here. I'm just in, in awe of Crystal's story. It's been a fantastic listen. And I just want to say thank you as well, Crystal, for, for making time to, to be here. It's been phenomenal. And that's that's all I wanted to say, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And I just reiterate um, what what Lucy has said. And we obviously wish you all the very best in your continued work and and everything you're doing. And maybe pop back in again in six months' time and update us on developments and things that you're doing. So thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me. And uh, thank you, everyone, who came and joined our space today. And... uh, and those who are uh, hearing my voice, I have just a short message for them to please, please uh, call your local senators and representatives uh, and ask them to not legitimize the Taliban. Uh, they continue to be a brutal terrorist organization. Please um, do not allow your government to, um, to recognize Taliban. They are not changed and they will not be changed. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Thank you, Crystal. Bye. That was Crystal Bayer. And wow. I mean, if I know uh, Yamina has just joined now uh, and many, several others have just joined now or in the last five minutes. If you want to listen back to this, it's available as a recording on Twitter spaces. It'll also be published as a podcast. So if anybody does want to listen back, then you can certainly do that at your own leisure. Um, So. Yeah, so I mean, the reason that I kind of organized this show, I'm interested in in the story of women and girls in Afghanistan. I feel like Crystal has, has painted that picture incredibly well um, this evening um, in terms of the history, in terms of the struggles they've been through, the the fight that they faced, particularly what happened last year in Afghanistan. And I feel as though that, that has come across incredibly strongly what what to me has got my reflections on this is how inspirational the girls and the women in afghanistan are who have fought for their own education who stood up against violence and harassment and abuse and all these other things to simply be able to go to school and to have a job and to drive a car and to do all these other things it's something that we in the UK, or certainly I, I speak for myself now, my views only, but it's not something I can imagine uh, my my girlfriends or, or, or mom or anyone else in, in, in Britain having to do. And I think Crystal made a, a wonderful point is that women in, in Europe, in Britain, went through hundreds of years of struggle to be able to get the vote, to be able to be on parity with men, even on basic rights, fundamental rights. And it took them many, many, many years to do that. And the reason they were able to do that was because of women like Crystal, who were around pre, you know, 1914, you know, the likes of Emmeline Pankhurst and so on. And I'm pretty sure that Crystal and, and other women like her will be the women who we will look back on in you know, 50 years, 100 years time, however long it is as pioneers in the fight for um, women's rights around the world, you know, globally, not just in, you know, the Western world is a different world to the world that Crystal has been describing. So I feel like really, and this is my personal reflections, you know, real kind of um, just just heroic and brave a lot of a lot of what crystal is described and i know she got emotional at one point which is completely understandable bearing in mind the experiences that she's seen and and what she's been through if you yourself have a reflection on this then you can you can call in you can click the uh, the call in icon and you can actually join the conversation and what i thought i would do 
is just read through, hopefully, some of the stories of women that are listed on Crystal's website. Um, some of the stories are absolutely phenomenal um, in terms of what's been what's been achieved. I know we've got, um, is it Humour here? Hi, Tom. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. How are you? I'm uh, very well. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, you are joining us from, according to your bio, Mars. <laughs> are, are you in Mars, Uma? Where are you? <laughs> are you in Germany? Oh, can't hear you. Anyone there? Huma, are you there? I can't hear you at the moment. I don't, have you got your hand over the receiver? Okay, she's gone. That was interesting. Um, Huma called in from Mars, and I'm, I'm guessing because she called in from Mars, there was probably a lot of interruption on Mars. Um, the signal's probably not that great up there. Um, so, uh, so understandable. Um, but, uh, yeah, if human comes back, she, she can call in. Um, there's another person here, but, um, I'm not sure based on when the account was created that they are a real person and I have massive apologies if they are real. Uh, and if they do have something to say, humor is back. Humor, are you back? <laughs> yes, um, Tom. I'm so sorry because I'm online from my tablet and it, it cre it's creating issues. And I was listening that um, sometimes in Mars, you know, the connection is not very well. <laughs> That's exactly it. Absolutely. But you're working on so it, it so it's fine. <laughs> did you want to share a reflection at all? Did you want to say anything based on what? Crystal has said, or, or anything you wanted to add to the discussion? Well, uh, when Crystal was talking, I think I was not here. I just joined yes. in the very late moment when she was saying that, uh, requesting everybody not to recognize Taliban as a legit government. Uh, I don't know what she said about the education, but because I'm myself a teacher, uh, and it's a very interesting topic to talk about, unfortunately, very disappointing to see that we are talking about this topic in 2021st, right? 21st century, mm -hmm. yeah. So yes. um, I don't know. Is it about related to education or all education, the quality of education, or the regime of the Taliban, or what is the topic about actually? Well, we've been we've been talking about um, we've 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 been talking specifically to begin with about Crystal's story. So the fact that she grew up in Afghanistan, um, she was born in '97. Um, obviously, from she went to school, she you know, went to college. Um, she's had some periods where she's been studying abroad. And specifically last year, Crystal took part in a, a protest um, in Afghanistan, which was covered by you know, New York Times and various other agencies, where she uh, organized a, a protest of, of two, 300 people, maybe more than that, actually, um, against the kind of uh, resurgence of the Taliban, and particularly the uh, what she believes is the um, the treatment of women and girls, particularly in Afghanistan, and, and the plight of women and girls, and, and how there are inspirational women and girls in Afghanistan today who, who according to Crystal, and also they're listed on her website, are standing up against that and, and kind of um, are able to be ambassadors for women and inspire other girls and women uh, in Afghanistan. And, and, you know, there's lots of stories of those women on, uh, linked on her website. Um, 
so that's that's been really what what crystal has joined us to say which was absolutely amazing thank you for that um well that's very inspiring to to hear about her stories and her struggles for women education in afghanistan um if you want to know my point of view or if yes. you want my reflection on an education um, I have not been educated in Afghanistan. I was educated in Pakistan and in Germany and also in Canada, and I teach in Canada. Yes. Um, at the moment, uh, whatever is happening in Afghanistan is not acceptable to anybody, right? Uh, but then when it comes to education, if I specifically talk about the education, it's not only about letting the girls to learn or go to school or not. There are other issues, right? In past, like there are technical issues that we have. There are like um, budgeting problem, there are like, financial problem, and there's this Taliban in, in the government, which they, I think the latest news that I knew about Afghanistan was that they do not accept any any uh, laws made by human right, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I actually don't know, Tom, how to talk about it, because for me, it's just like unfortunate situation that in this century, in this time that people like uh, women or girls are struggling to go to work or go to school. That's like a basic of human rights, right? To go to yes. school. It's a basic, basic yes. fundamental law. And I and think what, what, Crystal, what Crystal was saying, which, you know, and she was saying that she's got very, I, I don't know, a number of contacts in, in Afghanistan today. And she says that since last year, a lot of them, you know, particularly when it comes to the women and the girls are struggling again to be able to go out of their houses, for example, or go to school or, you know, all these other things, you know, so that that was an experience that she expressed there based on um, what's been happening recently. Hmm. So, like, actually, it doesn't make sense to anybody not to let girls go to school, right? Mm. Uh, like, if you're not letting girls go to school, what kind of society we are anticipating, right? I don't know, like if you don't let girls go to school, are you trying to prevent 50% of the population uh, from forming a society? Because the woman role is not only being going to school, right? It's more than that, it's beyond that. Because once you go to education, once you go to school, you learn, right? You learn, and then you slowly go to high school and then you go to college and then you go to higher education where you use research, where you develop skills, where you take part in work, right? In workforce, and that's how you form a society. So. I don't know, like for me as a, as a teacher, it's just unacceptable. I cannot comprehend this um, whole thing that girls are not allowed to go to school. It's not acceptable to me, it's not acceptable to anybody in the world, not even Afghans, right? Because um, as Crystal said that even if you look at the history of um, Western countries, they have been through a lot of struggle for yes. being able to get the right to education, right? Yeah, and now exactly. that was a different world that we were living in, but now today is a very different world that we all live in, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think the point, I think the point Crystal made actually earlier, but I agree with her, is that that struggle for women in, you know, in Europe, for example, in Britain, this is where, where I am, took, you know, a hundred years, you know, hundreds of years for, for women to, to get the vote, for example. Um, so, you know, it's got to be a long term, uh, a long term thing. And I, I think Crystal made the point that over the, the 20 years up to 2001, um, she felt that there were some some changes happening in, in mentality and in, in maybe obviously a lot more people were going to school. There was there was certain kind of more subtle changes happening. And, and, and obviously it's difficult. I think she got quite emotional when she was talking about 
the the change in the situation recently. So, I mean, like you say, there isn't really much to say other than I think hearing the stories of people like Crystal and other people like her can really highlight and um, elevate the situation that is faced by women, not just in Afghanistan, but around the world, who aren't able to get an education. Um, I think as Teachers Talk Radio, I think one of our, our key things is to is to really elevate different voices and, and hear from different people from, from around the world and, and understand the, the kind of situation in education around the world. And certainly, you know, Afghanistan and, and hearing about the situation in education in Afghanistan, it was it was just so interesting to hear and 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 of course crystal story is in itself pretty pretty inspirational in terms of what she's managed to achieve so um huma i mean I've, you mentioned where are you now are you in where are you currently in germany ah brilliant well okay and um and what's your job there are you are you a teacher uh, yes i teach in college uh in canada okay all oh, right okay so it's like online it was online, but uh, f- starting fall, September, I have to be in college in person. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, and um, and what what do you teach? What's your subject? I teach different subjects, but this fall I'll be teaching uh, introduction to sociology, geography, um, women across cultures, and also preparing for academic success. Yeah, fantastic. Um, well, thanks so much for calling in today. Um, now, now is probably a good time. Uh, as my well. pleasure, my pleasure, Tom. I'll be sharing one experience that was very, very. Um, I don't know how to to actually explain that because I was teaching women across cultures in our struggle about women in politics and education and all. And then yeah. I was reflecting back on my country that I was born in, right? And then I was explaining to my student, like, I'm sitting in front of you and I'm teaching you guys, right? How like, the history of um, Western countries, how they've been through struggles and all that. And I'm like, imagine your teacher being from a country where women are still struggling. Western countries struggle for this right of education, right? But I come from a country where women are not allowed to go to work and girls are not allowed to go to school. So as a teacher, you feel very different, actually. Um, it's just like how, uh, how sometimes I cannot even decide which which society I belong to. I'm like, what? I'm teaching a student here where a lot of like boys, girls are sitting there and I'm teaching them without any concern, without any problem. But then for a moment, I'm thinking of the country that I come from and there women are not allowed to go to work and then girls are not allowed to go to school, right? Uh, it's just like I cannot comprehend these two worlds that I live in. Sometimes I get very disappointed. Sometimes I get very enthusiastic. I'm like, okay, maybe I struggled and I got here. But then you feel also very disappointed because somebody from your own country, from your own region is struggling just to go to school, right? And it just like, like I've been through a lot of problems in my life too. But Oh, uh, you've gone yeah. quiet, Huma. You've just gone quiet. Have you moved? Oh, she's dropped again. That was just getting good as well. Mars. Bloody Mars signals. We ate it. We ate it in Mars. It always it Mars ruins conversations. I'm telling you. And the reason I'm mentioning Mars, anyone who's just joined the space, is is Huma's bio says she's in Mars, um, and she she looks actually in her bio as though she's got Neil Armstrong's flag actually in the background, literally on the moon. Hello again, Huma. You okay? <laughs> My apologies. I have to change this location from Mars to Earth. Maybe the signals will be better then. 
Is that, is, that Neil, is that Neil Armstrong's flag on your bio behind you? Is that Neil Armstrong's flag in the moon? I'm, I'm trying to be funny. I think you've gone again. Either that or you're just maybe you're just suffering. Just come for my other ID. Is that okay? Yes, I can hear you again now. Can you hear me now? Yes. All right. So if, Loud I, and clear. if I disconnect it this time, I'll come. I'll join you guys from my other ID. Okay, that's from my phone. It works better than my tablet. Anyways, too. Yes, I can't wait. Before you, before you finish your story, humor, I've got an important message about one of our sponsors for this show that I want to read out. And the key sponsor for this show is with a Slack group. So if you're listening back to this and you're an educator in Britain or the UK and you want to find out more about Witherslack, uh, just visit their website. Just just literally go on Google, type in W-I-T-H-E-R-S-L-A-C-K, and you can find out all about Witherslack Group, who have a whole chain of special educational provision schools across the United Kingdom. They are looking for people to work with them. They've got absolutely amazing terms and conditions. They look after the well-being of teachers and uh, parents the entire community actually you could say and they are starting many many new schools at the moment so it's a really unique opportunity to join schools as they are just starting so if you want to find out more about those opportunities with with a slack group then just go to the with a slack group.co.uk forward slash careers and you can find out more now humor you were saying just before you got cut off about your your dilemma in your mind uh, teaching in Germany but being from Pakistan in terms of the education that's going on there <laughs> yeah we can't hear you again humor but listen I'll tell you what we're gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go but maybe the next time we have one of these spaces you should come back because <laughs> I'm getting tired of muting and unmuting <laughs> just Mars signals um, but listen, it was it was great to actually hear. I mean, I kind of picked up what Huma was saying. She was saying that her um, her experience. Hang on a minute. Wait a second. Oh, is this her other account? Is that uh, admin? Is that is that? Do you think that's Huma? I'm just to... trying to establish whether that's the case. Possibly. Should we find her... out? Well, we 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 can connect her in and see if it is her on like one of her 18 devices situated <laughs> okay. around her, her living space. It. And if it's Going not, it I'm, sure, I'm sure you are absolutely on the trigger finger, admin, to, to block <laughs> if it's not her, okay? All over it. Oh, here we go. Right. This is last chance saloon, by the way, um, in terms of if this is real or not. Um, trying to connect. If any. Hello. Humor, it's okay. We, we, we keep trying it. We persist. We are brave and determined. Um, do you want to try and finish your story off? No? Um, I just want if you guys can give mic to uh, an, Im an immigrant from... Afghanistan yes, flag. Absolutely. Uh, I think he's a good friend of mine and he can share his opinion about the education in Afghanistan, the absolutely. crisis in Afghanistan. Absolutely. Who, who is he? So we can request him in. What's mm, his name? I think here it's an immigrant from. 
So because of the security issue, he just changed his name. Ah, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. But got I don't want, yeah, I don't want to like to take his name because of yes. security issue. That's why it's better to just of call course. him Ahmad. Of course, I'll I'll just call him Anne for now. Maybe that's a good first name to use. Um, I've invited him in to speak anyway. If he wants to speak for the last kind of five minutes or so, then um, then he can do. We've invited him in, so that all he's probably got a, a request on his screen now. If he wants to come in and and speak, um, just for the last few minutes, is he in Afghanistan, Crystal? Is that is he, he's over there now? Is he? I'm guessing. Um, so yeah, I'm be good sorry to... that I can't say about his location. But ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem, no problem, no problem. He was working with National Security Council, so that's why it's not safe. Because I see some yes. of the Taliban and Pakistanis in this space, so that's why it's better to not well speak about I mean, his I... location. And you can just call uh, Ahmad. That's it. Yes. Um. Absolutely. Um. Uh, I'm just going to call him Anne. Anne, you're live now. Are you there? An immigrant from, we'll call you. You just need to click unmute on the bottom left. Mm, no, don't know. It could be signal. Could be an issue with connection, possibly. Do you hear oh. me now? Yes, I do. Good okay. evening. Okay, good evening to you all. Thanks good to evening. you, to the teachers, and also to Crystal. Uh, yes. I really enjoyed the conversation you guys had here, and I'm really grateful for uh, adding me as a speaker to the group. Uh, no problem. I hope I can uh, have my contributions uh, to this very important and timely discussion about the education in Afghanistan and uh, Yes, as Crystal already shared my situation, that uh, unfortunately yes. I'm not in a, a very secure place. That's why I may not share my name. And yes. I hope that I'm not that much recognizable by my voice also. And I may not talk that much. Uh, pardon for that. So yes. I'm available to talk. Brilliant. Can I ask you to any reflections you have on anything that Crystal has said, and anything you want to add yourself to things she's already said? Um, as far as I know, that uh, the Afghans who have uh, immigrated uh, after 15th August uh, share the same history. Um, we are the people uh, with uh, a lot of hopes, promises, and uh, dreams. Uh, that none of them uh, came true uh, after that and uh, we were struggling for uh, two long decades even though we fought uh, to the teeth but unfortunately we lost it due to some bad policies uh, decided by the elites inside and outside Afghanistan and what Crystal has already said and also I heard part of uh, Homojan she also uh, contributed to the discussion, but uh, as uh, both of the uh, distinguished speakers say that education in Afghanistan is very uh, important topic and timely, but unfortunately the pupil uh, right now in the driving seat of the train of uh, power in Afghanistan does not 
uh, accept the rule of education, particularly for the ladies and the, for the girls uh, to uh, develop their country. Uh, can you tell us? Can, can you tell us anything about the situation for girls in school and and just education in general in Afghanistan at the moment? Can you tell us anything uh, sure. about that? Uh, as we all see uh, around inside Afghanistan, that uh, the Taliban are against the formal education from very beginning. Whenever you track the history of this movement from 1994 uh, to today, they have fought with all momentum against the formal education in Afghanistan during the last 27 years. In their previous regime, they have uh, shut down all the schools and girls' schools. And uh, after, whenever they were uh, ousted uh, in 19, uh, 2001, they again uh, started demolishing the schools, uh, destroying them, inflamed the schools in the rural uh, Afghanistan. And they did not allow any high school uh, in, in the areas uh, where they had a stronghold. Uh, like you see the Helmand, Uruzgan province, uh, you see in Zabul, uh, in, in, in Ghazni, uh, these provinces which uh, had a stronghold uh, Taliban presence during the last two decades, you hardly can find a, 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 a dozen of uh, girls, uh, 12th grade graduates from these provinces during the last 20 years. This means that the Taliban are against fundamentally against the formal education in Afghanistan and we are not hopeful that the regime will uh, the regime will change their policies toward formal education in a state they are trying to uh, turn schools into the uh, jihadi madrasas and this is very dangerous and it will create a big uh, security problem for not even Afghanistan but for the region and Afghanistan will definitely turn into a terrorist uh, exporting country in the, in the next five to ten years if the situation continues like this. You see I am tracking that uh, within the last six months the Taliban uh, turned 17 high schools in 17 provinces of Afghanistan, including Kabul, uh, into jihadi madrasas. They changed the names to the fundamentalists. They changed the names of the schools to their very brutal leaders, uh, like Mullah Dadullah and some other uh, terrorists, well-known terrorists or unpopular terrorists uh, inside Afghanistan. These jihadi madrasas, which are uh, teaching the children, particularly the boys, uh, to become uh, militants first, and then a religious scholar, which both of them will be a tool for uh, destroying the civilization of today. And this is horrible and alarming. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I want to I wanna, uh, emphasize as well that, that all the views you're hearing here are the views of our guests and not the views of necessarily of, of Teachers Talk Radio, but certainly they are the views of our guests and all views on Teachers Talk Radio are belong to the participants and the speakers. Um, sure. Yeah, goodness me. I mean, where to start with that? Um, I, I mean, in terms of the typical experience now of, I, I mean... Are girls at the moment 
right now, tomorrow, going? Are any girls in Afghanistan going to school right now? Are they are they going to school tomorrow? Are any girls experiencing education in Afghanistan in a formal setting? In the formal setting, uh, the Taliban only allowed the girls from uh, first class to sixth. And you see that uh, these girls are, are ch children under the age of uh, 12, uh, mostly 12, not more than that, or hardly will be like 14. And you see a correlation here. For the Taliban, a girl who completes the age of 14 is an adult and she should be uh, she should get married and that is the time when the taliban decided that the the, the the girl cannot continue the education from the sixth grade which is the age in the age of uh, almost 14 or 13 and the taliban says that this is the time that the girl should get married and this is a child marriage this is something against the the, the uh, human rights against girls rights and it is uh, against even education. So they have decided it very uh, specifically according to their, uh, their own interpretation of the Afghan customs and, and the Islam, uh, which is against, uh, it's their own belief, but our belief that the, the very civilized and uh, sophisticated belief is this, that the ladies should be given opportunity in time that they could decide for the future. And the uh, very primary uh, right of the girls is to, to provide them the opportunities to go to school, uh, educate themselves. And then after uh, like the age of 20, 22, they should decide for their own life that what they really want from uh, their life and for, for their future. But the Taliban abandoned this and the, the Taliban are not allowing the girls to decide for themselves. And this is the Taliban, a bunch of uh, very brutal terrorists that they decide for a nation of more than 40 million and particularly like 10 million uh, girls under the age of 14. And this is very horrible and, and unpromising for the future of my country. Yeah, I'm very. And I just want to, sorry oh. to interrupt. I just want to add the one point uh, that whatever the, um, um, I mean, the humanitarian aids are uh, now the international community are sending uh, humanitarian aids in Afghanistan and it's under the control of the Taliban, which there is not uh, no specific particular or any specific uh, platform to monitor this uh, aids, this money. And they are investing this money in in a religious institution. We we call it uh, like um, uh, Islamic madrasas, in order to indoctrinate and brainwash these kids. Uh, so right now, uh, that money uh, never goes to the people who really deserve to receive that humanitarian aid. And uh, instead of that, uh, that, the Taliban are using this money for for. Uh, uh, for in, investing on uh, on uh, on in a religious institutions, so that's very scary. If they are trying to change our kids, because I believe that uh, uh, the age of uh, I mean uh, seven up to ten is the time that 
they shouldn't even learn about such things. Uh, but uh, right now they are uh, indoctrinating these kids uh, inside of Afghanistan. It's very concerning and the international um, uh, institution and uh, communities must pay attention on, uh, on controlling the Taliban uh, on uh, building this institution. Because I think it's it's very risky and uh, very dangerous for the future of Afghanistan and the region countries. Uh, so um, it, it was my point to add on what uh, Ahmad said. Thank you. Thank you. Huma, I think, has had a hand up for a while. Huma, do you want to add something here? Um, yeah, I have a quick question here. So as I have been following the news, uh, to my understanding, uh, girls are allowed to go to school from to uh, primary school from one to six, and then they are banned to go to um, higher. Um, like what's that called? Um, high school. Yeah, I think yeah. high school. They're not allowed to go to high school, but I think they're also allowed to go to uh, post-secondary education. I think they're allowed to go to universities, right? So it actually doesn't make sense to me. They're not allowing girls to go to higher education, right? Higher education, but they also, on one hand, they are banning girls to go to school. But on the other hand, they have allowed girls to go to universities. So um, what I can see, the problem is there's a very fragmentation uh, between the Taliban itself. I think this is not a unified or united group. There are some some of them that they are lobbying for, uh, for girls to go to school, but there are some that they don't want girls to go to school. So the basic problem where the basic problem is like fragmentation, right? If they come to a consent, if they come to one combined policy, if they come to a framework or a reform, if they are all together and they're working on one coherent policy, there will be an outcome. There will be a, a something, right, to, to look up for. But at the moment, everything is very fragmented. I don't see anything clearly uh, because it's just divided. In one, like Tom, you think about it. A girl, is, a girl is allowed to go to school from one to six, and then she is banned, and then there are like girls allowed to go to universities. What kind of message they are trying to give to the society or to the international community or to the world? I don't know. I mean, my, my, I'll let Crystal maybe come in on that in a second, um, or an immigrant. But an immigrant, that sounded awful. That's his Twitter bio name. <laughs> an immigrant. I'll let an immigrant speak. That's amazing for me. That, that we, need, we need to like clip out that audio. That's brilliant. Oh, my goodness, Tom. <laughs> That's his bio Sorry, I, name. I, I An immigrant I frog. I couldn't keep quiet. I was sitting there and I, I was <laughs> chewing on my digestive biscuit and I thought like, I nearly choked. I well, honestly... It just came out wrong because I was like, oh, we'll let an immigrant speak. Not thinking that his, his Twitter bio name is an immigrant. So and it's not my fault. Anyway, <laughs> point I was going to point I was going to make is I don't think that I could be wrong here, and I want Crystal or an immigrant from Afghanistan to to come in in a minute and tell me if I'm wrong. But I don't think there's anyone in... I, I would be surprised if there's anyone within the Taliban who want who who are lobbying for girls to go to school. Unless I've mistaken what you were saying, Huma, but I, I wasn't sure that's what you were saying. So I think... Um... It's, uh, in my point of view, uh, um, the Taliban is uh, the Taliban are against humanity, human rights, and um, uh, citizens' uh, rights. So I don't think that uh, if any of them uh, uh, want the girls um, to go to school because they are very scared. Why these? Uh, why right now they are facing this threat from international community because of educated girls. 
And that's why they're very scared from educated girls. So I don't think that the Taliban, any of them. But yeah, as Humajan mentioned, there are some people outside of the, um, the country, as uh, the Taliban lobbyer, uh, they're going to, uh, to, to different, uh, uh, I mean, governmental um, uh, officials uh, to in order to ask for the Taliban uh, uh, recognition or uh, to legitimize the Taliban. I don't think that that works because that the world now knows the nature of the Taliban because even in when the peace uh, talk started in Afghanistan, I mean, in Doha, about Afghanistan and the Taliban and the U.S., that time, even in, uh, uh, I mean, Afghan people inside of Afghanistan had a little bit trust on Taliban that maybe they are changed and it's human, like uh, maybe they are changed and they want to come and give the freedom for the women and also having a just and equal society. Mm. But within a year, so they, they proved themselves for not only for Afghan inside of Afghanistan, but to the world community that they are not changed and they would never allow the girls, even if they want to use this education or I mean, it's school as a means to get recognition. But I'm pretty sure once they, they get recognition, they will never allow the women or the girls to, uh, you know, to function uh, as um, or to use this freedom or to go to school or to get a job or to work. I mean, uh, I'm just concerning about uh, this uh, issue that, as Humajan mentioned, it's very shameful to talk about opening the school doors in 2021, 2022. Like, mm. we, we had robotic teams. We had, like, female capital... I mean, it's just, it drives me crazy because what if I believe, like, I'm too young and I got to know the nature of the Taliban, then the, why the world leaders are deceiving themselves and taking more time in order to negotiate with the Taliban. We have a lot of good alternatives instead of Taliban to come in Afghanistan and lead Afghanistan. Uh, I mean, m maybe make, uh, making Afghanistan a secure place. Taliban are not, I mean, if the, um, um, some organization or some countries, the region mm. countries, stop supporting Taliban, they would not last within a month. They don't have any resources and they don't have any place inside of Afghanistan among the people of Afghanistan. So it's, I think, um, for education, yeah. they, would never, they would never allow uh, the girls to go to school or... Uh, there's, some, right. there's, there's an interesting question here from, again, one of you can correct my terrible Liverpool pronunciations. Oh, Anaya is actually here. That's his yeah. name. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but he's actually come to ask these questions. Uh, I've pinned, I've pinned uh, sorry, Tom, I, I just want to add to what Crystal said and also yes, to go. Anaya Nasser. Uh, oh. For sure. Your question was very fundamental. Oh, I'm sorry, and I yes. uh, Sorry, Brian. I will continue, and I'll uh, yeah. have my inputs to your question, and then you can have this, the mic. I'm sorry, and I... Um, actually, yes, uh, Taliban are a group of uh, different people coming from different backgrounds, and during the last 27 years, uh, many uh, people coming from different walks of life joined the group. Especially uh, during the last uh, five years, uh, some people with different ideologies and ambitions joined the group who are uh, trying 
uh, in the Taliban movement to reopen the uh, schools for the girls, and they are in minority, and they are not heard. I do not reject that, but uh, the top leadership of the group, which are all military men, men and also very brutal, and coming from a very uh, uh, barbaric uh, educational background, which is mostly not education and madrasa background, and uh, uh, that's the main obstacle. Uh, it's for your uh, question and also what Inayat put. I'm sure Inayat has a lot of good uh, uh, material and stuff and ideas about it. But the, the, we have both the problem. The quality is very important and the uh, access first. You put the question very well. Access or quality? First, it's access and then it's quality. Uh, the Taliban yes. have, uh, yeah, uh, the Taliban has banned uh, girls uh, going to school. They uh, uh, limited the access to formal education. They m make different obstacles in front of both girls and boys uh, to have uh, access to quality education. Then after that, we come to the quality of the education. Uh, the main agenda of the Taliban, the Ministry of uh, Education of Afghanistan at the moment, and also the Ministry of Higher Education, uh, at the moment is right now to change the curriculum uh, and syllabus of both schools and also the, the university. And this is uh, when we are very worried about the total system of education from very beginning to the higher education of Afghanistan, that what will be the quality of this. Uh, right now, we are faced with both the access and the quality. First, we should uh, focus on the access and then to the quality. The quality is getting worse as you see that the Taliban are changing farmer schools into madrasas and religious schools, and, and, and that's uh, for sure um, a school for uh, producing and also training militants for future um, global jihad, as they call it. So the access and quality are both the problem that we uh, should address them and that the international community should help us and the, the, the UNESCO and also uh, UNICEF should... Uh, pressure the Taliban, uh, how they change the quality, I mean, the, the, the curriculum and also the materials of school and the education. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Anayat, I think, has a question, which I've actually pinned uh, his, his question. So maybe our speakers can have a little think about these in the next few minutes while he's speaking. Anayat, are you there? Can you actually hear us? Thank you so much. Thank you so much for this wonderful session. No I do problem. This is some. This is, this is something that we need to bring some good knowledge, uh, especially in education. So, uh, uh, education is not itself a positive phenomenon. Uh, education for what is the thing that we need to answer. Sometimes people think that only writing and reading is education or some primary skills, but behind that there is education for what. For, for social transformation, for human rights, for democracy, for human values. And throughout uh, the last two decades, international community had uh, some brilliant uh, progress in that respect, especially when we came to education for sustainable development. Uh, it expressed the, the goals and objectives and also the responsibilities to uh, different states and countries to make sure that these goals are reflected in, in national policies and programmatic areas and all that. So this is what we, we, we know that education is empowerment. But when it comes to 
the Taliban, their ideology and the history. So there are, there are some sort of gaps. The first thing is the point of ideology. This is explicit that these people, they do think that if there is, a, an exclu there is an education for sustainable development in Afghanistan within 15, 10 after 15 years, they will lose their strategic base and they will lose their political strength, especially within the 68 of 75 districts that they, that, they, that they put people in ignorance. And they are the districts that are the main source of recruitment for this group. Their, their leadership, which is located in Kandahar, the, some of them, they, they think strategically about the education. Uh, they think uh, they believe that this is the this is the turning point, and if we allow girls and women to get education, so after five ten years, they will be there will be educated mothers and female members of families that they wouldn't allow their female their members or child brother or any member of family to get engaged in extremism. And they do understand, even though they could compare their uh, bases uh, within the center of cities and in the uh, marginalized villages where there is high rate of illiteracy. So they do have this understanding that there is a direct link between their, uh, their political base and literacy and education. So, so this is something they have very thorough understanding about that. To the other side, there is international pressure on Taliban. One day they will accept and they will open the schools. But still the question is education for what? Education for Talibanism? Education for extremism? Or sometimes one solution causes another problem. And then fixing that problem takes uh, decades and raises other problems. So the point, unfortunately, the discussion or the rhetoric in the international community is just focused on access. But I'm very concerned about the quality. You, 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 you might. But surely, and surely, and I, access has to come first because at the moment access is incredibly limited um, from from what people have said and, and from what I've read anyway. So therefore, for me personally, if I was in a country where access was greatly limited if i knew there would be more access but the quality would be not as good i wouldn't mind as long as there was universal access or near universal access i mean if there was near universal access i, I that would even if the quality wasn't you know what you wanted um that's still better than nothing isn't it surely yeah, of course I, i'm not i'm not excluding access from my discussion uh, access comes first but yeah. I not only access, we need to take care of the curriculum, any revision and change in the curriculum mm. to miss materials on that and training millions. What is, I mean, interestingly enough, Anaya, what, what, what is it about the curriculum that needs to change? What are the, what are the problems with the curriculum in Afghanistan? Right now we have, uh, we, we have some good curriculum, which is, which is, which is, which is happening our teaching which is in the teaching process and we know that there are lots of problems in that curriculum but still at least they meet some standards there are no uh, uh, content of extremism or exclusive or discrimination all that stuff but what the Taliban is looking they are looking to add some uh, some subjects 
like the Deputy Minister of Education expressed two days ago, that we want to add uh, subjects on uh, family uh, issues, on uh, thoughts, on ideology, something like, like, like it was something that they uh, want to assure that if girl come to school, the curriculum should be something based on their ideology. In the end of the day, when they're going back, they would have the ideas, opinions, and values which Taliban like, and it should be access. So look, put it in another uh, word. You have sent, you have schools that transfer to the Taliban uh, uh, teaching centers with little difference with madrasas. At the end, you were international communities funding all these schools, but what they are teaching, we don't care about that. Mm. After five, five, five years, you see that we have extremist females in home. They are supporting this ideology. So uh, believe me, I, 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 I'm focusing on Afghanistan. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing all bit of information regarding education. Yeah. And this is my research focus too. So the point is that they, will, uh, that they don't have any problem with access. They have problem with the curriculum, with the all to control the learning process. And this is what they are looking for, and they will do that. What, what the point is that international community, Afghans, and all the activists, activists should bring or should, uh, should, should, should bring the voice of access with the quality. Yeah, of course, schools should be opened. Uh, people, children should be should grant access to education. Education should be should be expanded, but without any compromise on curriculum. With I'm going to ask, and I th thanks so much for that. It was absolutely uh, re really excellently put your your arguments. Um, I'm going to bring in someone else. I know Hume has got a hand up, but I, th I wonder whether an immigrant from Afghanistan has anything to say on this first or not. If not, I'll go maybe to Crystal and then to Humor. No, nope, maybe not. Crystal? Nope. Humor? Yep, I got a question here. So I was yep. just uh, listening to what Inayat said. And uh, Tom, I would pretty much agree with you what you said about uh, first having access to education and then we can think about or we can talk about the quality of education or changing the curriculum. But here comes another question is about the technical issues that at the moment we are facing. So in past, uh, like any other ministries, the budget for Ministry of um, Education came from international donors. Uh, if I'm not wrong in statistic, I think it was 85% depended on foreign aid, right? So mm -hmm. if there's no foreign aid, I don't know um, whether we have enough salary to pay to the teachers uh, to go to um, school and teach. First, we have an issue with uh, girls not being allowed to school, girls are banned from school. And just in case, imagine if they're allowed to go to school and to go to learn. And then do we have budget for that? Can we support the schools? Can we pay the salary for education? So I come back to my um, first, um, what I said about the uh, fragmentation, about the Taliban leadership and their um, uh, there's no concern on national policies because if they do not recognize human rights, if they do not recognize the international policies are put in place, they will not be recognized as a legit government or the former government of Afghanistan. And if they are not uh, recognized as a legit government, there will be no funding coming in because Afghanistan is a poor country with very insoluble economy. We depend on 
for an ad. So unfortunately, the situation is very, very dark. It's it's very dark for me because on one hand, your country is not producing a lot to, to support itself. We are not self-sufficient. On the other hand, they are making uh, laws or regulation which are not acceptable for anybody, let alone international society or international community. They are not acceptable for Afghanistan. So it's it's not to be only about education. It's there are many many issues. I don't know which one to talk about because um, I, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, I don't see a solution. I'm glad that United is talk is thinking of beyond these mm. basic issues and he's thinking about a curriculum but for me that's like really far away i'm like let's talk about access first and mm. then uh talk about the uh, the budgeting right about the financial issues uh, we don't have that um and if you don't have that then what yeah then what is there what what, what is there right so uh, I'm, I'm sorry uh, we are in an unfortunate situation people were a bit hopeful that uh, taliban might change their policies and they might recognize international community or international laws or uh, human rights issues or human rights uh, but um, things are very dark very gloomy uh, well as an education educator I see it it's it's a very unfortunate situation I wish there was somebody from the Taliban a representative from their side so we could talk about with them front to front right so we could hear from their side because now here we are talking about one side of the story but what they have or like why they're holding girls back from school like why they're banning schools like what is their rationale behind that or policy mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. I, I wish there was somebody because even if i talk here about so many issues with you with inayat with crystal we can talk till morning but then if there's nobody from that party that we can question or we can know their side or we can know their rationale or their perspective i don't think we're going anywhere i have been uh, listening to these spaces since um taliban took place it, in in a couple of days there will be one year that since they are in power right but what has changed what we have achieved i don't see any change i don't see any achievement i don't see any progress Mm. Just nothing from both sides, neither from the international community nor from the Taliban side. Everybody, there is just a blame game. It's just like um, rejecting each other. But then, well, guys, come in. Let's come to table and let's bring what we can offer, right? And what are the issues that we have disagreement about? Right. I, do you know what? We're out of time, people, um, because we've already overrun by about 20 minutes because the conversation just got so enthralling. Um Perhaps another time we can uh, we can reconvene and and kind of open up the the uh, the conversation again. I'm sure uh, maybe maybe in a few months' time I'll I'll invite everyone back um, on the uh, on the Teachers Talk Radio on my Teachers Talk Radio show. Um, but I just want to thank particularly Crystal for for giving up her time this evening to to speak um, and every other speaker as well. Humor Anayat. Um, and every other speaker in the space, every other listener as well in space. Sorry to those who weren't able to speak. Sometimes we we have to be very cautious about who we um, who we connect up as speakers in these in these spaces. So apologies if you didn't get a chance to speak today. Perhaps the next time we do one of these things, uh, we can we can sort that out in advance. So you'll be able to do that. I'd like to thank With the Slack Group as well for sponsoring this show as they sponsor all our shows. So big shout out to We're The Slack group for, for that. And uh, yeah, um, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow night with Noreen uh, on the Late Show, same time tomorrow, 7.30 p.m., uh, Teachers Talk Radio and the shows in the day as well. If you check out the website, ttradio.org, uh, you can see the other shows we've got coming up. So thanks very much, everyone, and see you next time. 
You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.